thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open them to First Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. I have a few handouts. This is my Sunday school lesson for today in our 9 a.m. life group. If you want one of these, raise your hands, and these boys down here will bring you one. Stand up, boys. I mean, men. Anybody else want one? Come on. If they don't give them all away, that's going to be really embarrassing for me. (laughs) Right? I only made 20. Can't be that hard. (laughs) First Peter chapter two, verse 11. Anybody ever heard of Hydro, Oklahoma? Last time I preached in an ice storm, I went to Hydro, Oklahoma. I was a sophomore at Oklahoma Baptist University. Fortunately, we had gone out on Saturday and, um, Hydro, Oklahoma. It wasn't even in town. It was out south of town, out in the middle of nowhere. And um, uh, I said, y'all had 17 in Sunday schools. I was getting ready for the service because they had the board. Remember the old board that had the how much money came in and the enrollment and all that stuff? I said, you had 17 in Sunday school. How many do you usually have? He said, 17. I said, oh, well, the ice storm didn't affect uh, anybody here. We had, we had 19 in church. Yeah, another couple came for worship, and we had 19 in church, but uh, it, was a, it was a good weekend. Got to preach the word and continue to learn, um, and it was good out, out in the middle of nowhere, Hydro, Oklahoma. So um, let me ask you a question. We've been doing this series from based uh, primarily on a book called Soul Detox. I don't know if any of you have read that. Craig Rochelle, Life Church in Oklahoma City, it's, it's a book that he's written. I think he co-wrote it with his wife, and... Um, We've been looking at uh, some of the aspects of the soul. We don't spend a lot of time in most small groups talking about the soul. A lot of churches don't talk about the soul. Sometimes we do. Obviously, it's salvation. We'll mention it. We usually say invite Jesus into your heart, but deep down in your soul, you need to know that you have given your life to Christ. And we've been looking at the, we've looked at the restless soul and the burdened soul. And today, just for a few minutes, we're going to look at the tortured soul. But I'm not sure if you have a grip on what that, what that means. So let's look at the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. He writes, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Which war against your soul. Let me ask you this. What in your life tends to war against your soul? Tends to, tends to wear you down? What in your life, whether it's sin or it's, <clears throat> it's something that a heaviness causes a heaviness, or, or what circumstances tend to put you in a funk? I shared with our class uh, last week, I think, or recently, uh, there was a lady in, the, in a church in the past, and she wanted to do some pastoral counseling with me, and, and I, I'm reminded, as I always do, I'm not, I'm not a licensed professional counselor but I'm kind of a biblical cheerleader. You know, I'll, I'll walk with you and help you, and if you need a professional, we'll set you, to, we'll set you up. But, but I, I just know what the Word of God says, and hopefully that'll be encouraging to you. So what's going on? She said, everything's good, new house, my husband's job and business are great. Everything's good, my friends are great. I'm just kind of in a funk. I, I don't know if you felt that way before, but what puts you in a situation where your soul feels heavy, where you feel uh, burdened, where, where you find yourselves in a funk. In this instance, in 1 Peter, the Apostle Peter says that it can be sinful desires, sinful desires that 
that torture our soul. Notice at the end there, verse 11, he says, which war against your soul. How many of you grew up in church? Pretty much all the time. I used to say I had a drug problem from the time I was born until uh, I got into college. My parents drugged me to church, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Tuesday night visitation. If they had a revival, man, we were packing a pew and bringing a friend and, you know, all that kind of stuff back, back in the day. Um, not all of us, but most of us that have grown up in church, we can fake it on the outside when something's heavy on the inside, can't we? We can, we can show the right stuff outwardly and have a sinful war going on in our soul uh, that Peter says is caused by our sinful desires. And that's why he's encouraged us to abstain from them. Well, let's move along. What tortures our souls? What tortures our souls? If you're taking notes, here it is. We're tortured by things we've done. We're tortured by things we've done. By things we've done. In Psalm chapter 38, Psalm chapter 38, if you want to go there, Psalm 38 right in the middle of verse three and through verse four. The psalmist writes this, my bones have no soundness because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. Like a burden too heavy to bear. How many of you remember back the first time your mama caught you doing something like bad, but bad? When I was a kid, to get us ready for school in Copenhagen, they, had, they made Happy Days. Remember that? Remember that? And it was raspberry flavored. No, it wasn't targeting kids. It was a little weaker, you know, on the, on the nicotine and tobacco and had raspberry flavor in it. And it was like 58, 60 cents or something at the convenience store. And I remember buying some of that and, and making my way towards the smokeless tobacco uh, path. And I thought I had a good hiding place. We live in a brand new house that had the vents, the duct work for the air conditioner and heater in the floor, and it was in the summertime, and I took the vent cover off and put my cans of Happy Days down in there. And I should have known, my mom is the neatest freak out of all of the neat freaks in the world. Of course, she decides to vacuum down in a place that, has anybody before or since ever vacuumed down in the floor vent? The worst part was she wouldn't just spank me and get it over with, you know, right? She let that heaviness, she let the torture of what I had done sink into my life. And she came at me with the classic, wait until your father gets home. So I got the double whammy. I was tortured by what I'd done to my poor mother making her cry her eyes out. I was nine, she was 29, and she just knew that I was going to go to jail and go to hell and, and do it with a dip in my mouth, you know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we're tortured by the things we've done. Daryl was talking the other night in men's group about the devil reminding us of the junk in our past. And sometimes we don't continue to take that to the cross, not just one time for forgiveness, but over and over until it's gone so that we're not buried with the torture of that burden in our soul, right? We keep giving it to Jesus until we're no longer burdened down by it. Second thing, the second thing, so we can get out of here sooner rather than later, I preached about 50 minutes that day in hydro. <laughs> we always had to take a form when we preached in churches from college. 
and give it to one of the guys in the church to fill out. And they're supposed to take notes and critique you on your opening and your scripture and, and your ending and all that kind of stuff. He wrote, I've heard better. Yeah. That was exciting. Dr. Wilkes, uh, he didn't really do what we asked him to do, so I don't think I should have to turn this one in. All right, secondly, the second, the second thing that tortures our souls is we're tortured by lies we believe. We're tortured by lies we believe. Go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8 and verse 44. We're tortured by lies we believe. John chapter 8, verses 44 and 45. It says this. The, the devil was a murderer from the beginning. Satan, Lucifer. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. We can be tortured deep, deep down. We may get an A on a theological test if we had to take one, you know, if the pastor's handing them out or Sunday school teacher's handing them out or whatever. We've got to take an exam over what we believe. We could get an A, maybe even a 100, but still deep down in our souls, believe the lies of the devil. And that, that'll, that'll wear you out, won't it? To believe the lies of the, of the devil. Just to, to, just to wallow in the torturous existence that he desires. for. If, if, if the devil's lost us to saving grace, he wants to torture us as long as he can. If the devil's lost us to saving grace, he wants to torture us as long as he can. And we torture ourselves sometimes by the lies that we believe. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about a multi-level marketing thing where you, you could do this. You put Bible verses on your mirror and, you know, motivational sayings, or you get on Twitter and, and, and follow Scott Rankin, you know, or, or somebody else that's always giving us those, those one-liners. Those are all good things. But I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about doing business person to person with the one who saved your soul so that you can live in the truth, not live in the lies, live in the lies of the devil. In fact, if we're going to get away from what tortures our souls, we need to speak to our soul. One of the things I like about Pax's ministry, he's always speaking the word of God, and you can do that any time. But I think we can do that as well, not just over someone else in prayer, not just over a group believing, but we, we can speak that truth to our souls, can't we? So here's what I want you to tell your soul. We'll wrap it up. Tell your soul, soul, it's better to confess your sins than to hide your sins. It's better to confess your sins. Carter, it's better to confess your sins than to hide your sins. Word of God, Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13. Proverbs 28 and verse 13. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. He who, he who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Any of you ever get food poisoning before? Anybody? I'm the only one. Me and Daryl. Okay, a couple more people. I'd rather get punched in the nose than get food poisoning. I mean, just take a full-on smash to the face to get food poisoned, because you're, you're not going to quit being sick until your body thinks everything is out, right? Sin is like food poisoning to the soul. 
And if we don't confess it, it's just going to stay in there and feel like it's going to kill us. And yes, the getting rid of the sin is sometimes painful like it is when we've got food poisoning, but the end result is well, was well worth it. It's better to confess our sins than to hide our sins. Think about this. 1 John 1, 9. We confess to God for forgiveness of sins. We confess to God for forgiveness of sins. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Anybody grow up going to grandma's house and all the little kids took baths in the same bathwater? Remember that? We had to at Granny's house because she had a well that was kind of shallow and it gets sandy. And we used to fight as little kids at Granny's house over who was going to have to go first and who was going to get the blessing of going last. In third grade, it dawned on me what was calling all the, causing all the crusty residue around Granny's enormous tub, right? I started volunteering to go first. <laughs> Because there were a bunch of kids my age, and we shared the same bathwater. And by the time you drained it, if you were last, you're like, huh, look at that. I think of that sometimes when I think about 1 John 1, 9. You're like, that is very bizarre that you would associate that with 1 John 1, 9. They wouldn't think that if they know me. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not just a, a scrubbed tub by granny, but like a brand new tub that no one's ever soiled with their, with their fun and games out the farm at Granny's. Not just a clean scrub tub, but a brand new tub. We confess our sins to God for forgiveness of sins. But go to James chapter 5 and verse 16. We just came to the church about um, three years ago. Pastor Jeff had just finished a series from James. I could tell he had been referring to it. He had been at the year before or whatever, and I was like, oh, I wish I would have been here for that. Such a rich book and in would have been awesome to sit under that, and maybe he'll do it again someday. But notice James 5.16. If any, is any one of you sick, it says earlier, let him call the elders of the church together. You know what? It's not an example. If you want us to pray for you, you want Pastor Jeff to come see you in the hospital and to unleash our elders and deacons and folks that pray, you got to call, right? You got to let us know. But look at, verse, look at verse 16. It says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other so that you may be what? Say it. So that you may be what? We confess to God for forgiveness of sins. We confess to others for healing from sin. We confess to God for forgiveness of sins. We confess to others for healing from sins. Now, do you have to confess to Pastor Jeff so that God will forgive you? No. Do you have to confess to others so that God will forgive you? No, you do not. But did you read verse 16? Confess your sins to each other so that you may be, what? Healed. So that your soul no longer needs to be tortured or weighed down or burdened by the sin. Let's finish up with this. Now, let me, ask, let me say this before we finish um, in John chapter 8. I think we'll finish in John 8. You don't have to tell everyone everything in order to not be tortured by sin, by the things that you've done in the past and by the lies that you believe. 
You don't have to tell everyone everything, but watch this. You do have to tell someone something. You don't have to tell everyone everything about the sin and the burdens and the lies that torture your soul, but you do have to tell somebody something. Why? (laughs) John chapter 8, verse 32. Let me get that part of my... Just popped into my head. Let me get it. I don't have it from my notes. There it is. Jesus said, where's Daryl? These are in red, buddy. You will know the truth and say it, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth, what? And the truth will set you free. It doesn't matter if it's a kid having nightmares or a grown-up who has experienced every possible sin they could and everybody in between. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We don't have to live in the torture of a sinful past, do we? We don't have to live in the lies of the devil and accept those as if they're true. We can confess our sins to God and be forgiven, and we can confess our sins to people and be healed. And Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Does he just want to set us free for eternity? He wants to set us free now, doesn't he? We do not have to wait until we get to heaven to live an abundant life. We don't have to, it's not the pie in the sky and the sweet by and by. He wants to come right now down in the core of who we are and deliver us from sin for eternity and deliver us from the lies and the sin of the devil in this life. And all we have to do is confess and he is faithful and just and he'll forgive us. That's all we have to do. And it's helpful, it's beneficial for healing to confess to other folks. Our pastor, your, uh, your, your life group leader, one of our deacons or elders or a godly man or woman at work that you know and trust. Because in that confession, there's forgiveness and there's healing. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for the opportunity today to study your word. God, we know that it's, it's all profitable from the first from the first word in Genesis to the last word in Revelation, it is all profitable and useful and good. And so, Father, we thank you for the opportunity in the midst of an ice storm to be set free in our souls. God, all we have to do is confess our sins. If it's the first time, if someone here is not sure that they've given their life to Christ, for that first certain time, all we have to do is confess our sins and turn from our sin and put our faith and trust in Jesus. And God, some in this room, we've done that, but we continue to live in the lies of the devil and the torture of a sinful past. And Lord Jesus, you want to set us free. God, we ask you to forgive us. And Father, we thank you for godly men and women in our church that we can talk to and confess and be healed. God, we know we don't have to tell everybody everything, but we need to tell somebody something. And this morning... There may be someone who will start with our pastor and let him hand them to Jesus that he might set them free. We love you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity on this Lord's Day to worship and to dig into your word. And if you're moving in our hearts, regardless of where we think we need to be in a little while, may we say yes, Lord, to what you're calling for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.